Hey everyone, this is Pastor Steve from Faith Community Church, and you are listening to Faith That Works, podcast ministry of Faith Community Church, Indianapolis, Indiana. We're so excited that you've taken time to listen to these words today. Our desire is that this would push you to a closer, deeper, more meaningful relationship with Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening. Chapter 5. Let's start in verse 13. We're going to read a couple of verses. We're going to talk about it. And then we're going to do a couple more, talk about that. But let's review just a little bit. But before we do all that, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Come on, let's just let's really listen today to what God has to say to us. Holy Spirit, speak to us now. Just help us in our hearts, God. We want to know what it means, God, to be what, who you've called us to be, God. What does it mean to walk in light? What does it mean to walk in love? God, I pray you just stir us up today, God. May the word of God, God, just penetrate our hearts today. And God, may we be courageous enough to do something about it and not sit idle. God, help us today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Walk in light, walk in love. We've been talking about this for a while. And uh, we've got this week, we've got next week, honestly, and we're going to wrap up 1 John. And then I got some other things we're excited about what God's doing. Amen. Are you glad you came to church today? Amen. Isn't it great to be a part of what God's doing? Amen. Amen. I'm excited about what God's doing. Uh, Let's review just for a second here. We talked last week about the testimonies, right? We talked about in Deuteronomy that there's testimonies. And so how do we know that Jesus is who he said he was? We have three testimonies, the Bible. John lays out, again, he lays out the idea of the water, the blood, and the spirit. Those are the three testimonies that Jesus is not just a guy. He's not just a good guy. He's not just a rabbi. He is the son of God. You understand that? Jesus is the son of God. Has always been the son of God. He didn't become the son of God on Christmas in Bethlehem. He's always been God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit has always been. And here are the three testimonies when Jesus came as a human, lived and walked on the earth. We have the water at the baptism of Jesus, the blood at the death of Jesus, and the spirit which raised Jesus from the dead. Those are pretty good testimonies. Pretty good testimonies that Jesus is who he said he was. And then the question you have to ask yourself is, do I have eternal life? Does everybody understand that's a critical question? Because what happens in the small time that we're on planet Earth impacts eternity. So I, I shared this with my Bible class. I think some of you were, Bren was there. Where's Alyssa? Is Alyssa upstairs? She's, so if I were to take, let's say, a string and put it on the wall there, and I took that string and went all the way out the sanctuary all the way out the building and just kept going. I'm not, I'm not a north, south, east, west Indiana person because I'm from North Carolina. We go in the holler and up the, up the tree and take a ride at the poison ivy. That's kind of what we do in the south. You know, but I believe that's west, correct? So if I take that string and I go into that wall and I go all the way to California, And I told you that the first inch of that string was your life on earth. And I told you the rest of that string was eternity. 
And then I told you what you did in the first inch of that string determined the quality of the rest of the string. Your time on earth is important. The decisions that you make in your time on earth are important. Whether or not you choose Jesus and eternal life is going to impact the rest of all eternity. It's going to be important. And so if we believe that, if we understand, if we, un if we wrap our mind around the idea that Jesus has purchased for us eternal life. Now think about it. <clears throat> so the first inch of that string is life on earth. The rest of the string is either heaven or hell. That's it. Heaven or hell. I think we should be more busy about telling people. I think we should be more busy about telling people, helping people understand the option and that Jesus alone saves. And a lot of people, you know and I know, are trusting in their own good efforts for eternity. I'm a good person. I tried to give money where I could. I supported World Vision. I attended church semi-faithfully. I gave to the church. I did some good. I taught a Sunday school class. So surely with all the good works that I've done, when I stand before God, he'll let me in and it won't happen. The most terrifying scripture in the Bible. We did this in your name. We did this in your name. We did this in your name. Depart from me. I never knew you. You didn't know me. You did stuff. You identified with me, but you didn't know me. So the question is, do you know him? Because if you know him, you have eternal life. That's good news, right? Do you know him? If you know him, you have eternal life. If you have the son, John told us, you have life. If you don't have the son, you don't have life. This is not rocket science, church. You do not need a PhD in theology to get this. I've never been to seminary. I don't understand. No, it's pretty simple. Heads or tails. Life or no life, sun or no sun, heaven or hell, that's what hangs in the balance. And so we've overcomplicated, and, and, and I'll be honest with you, if we're not careful, we can get so hung up on debating verses in the Bible that we lose the gospel. We can get so busy talking about building buildings and programs and having this and having that and who's going to do this and who's going to do that that in the middle of all that what do we lose? We lose Jesus and if you've lost Jesus we've lost it all if the church hey listen the church's one foundation the hymn says is what? Jesus Christ our Lord that's what the church is built on Jesus said I will build what? my church it's his church. Well, here's what I think. doesn't matter what you think. It's his church. So what are we trying to be about? Trying to figure out what Jesus wants for his church. That's what we're always trying to seek God's face on. Jesus, this is your church. How do you want your church to look? Because it's yours. Yeah, but I think we ought to have a church like this. See, that's the problem. We put ourselves into the mix, and we shouldn't because it's his church. Does that make sense? It's his church. So guess what? For eternal life, you don't have to wait for eternal life. It's right now. Eternal life starts at the moment of salvation. Right? We don't sit around waiting for eternal life. It's in my heart. Heaven is in my heart. Heaven is in your heart. Joy ought to be in your heart. Because can I tell you what? If you don't have to fear death, what are you afraid of? I don't have to be afraid of death. None of us have to be afraid of death. So what? what's the worst? We were talking about that this week. What's the worst thing that happened? Dying? That's all right. 
right? Worst thing that happened, be going to hell. That's exactly right. That's the worst thing that happened. If you don't know Jesus, that's a reality for some people. Right? Don't talk like that. We have to talk like this. There's not enough churches talking like this. We've lost the gospel because we need to, we need to, hey, listen, the last thing I want to do is stand before God saying, I didn't tell enough people. I didn't tell enough people. I just kind of kept the good news to myself. Nobody sits in a burning building and just walks out and leaves everybody in it, do they? Who does that? A lot of Christians. A lot of Christians, right? Hey, I'm good. I'm good as long as I'm good, right? And we're living in a time and in a culture and in a season where everybody's saying this. Hey, just leave everybody alone. You do you. Everybody just, hey, don't be offensive. Let people figure it out on their own. But the Bible says, how will they know? Romans chapter 10 tells us. Unless you tell them. How will they know? And the idea that we assume that everybody knows, that's an assumption that's gone. I, some of you grew up in a time where, and it still is, the churches are on every corner. And we're a Christian nation. So everybody knows about Jesus. That's a lie. That's a lie from the enemy to keep you quiet. Hey, don't tell anybody. Everybody knows. People know. People know the truth. People know about Jesus. Shh. That's the enemy. That's the enemy trying to keep you quiet. Well, if you say Jesus, if you tell people about the word of God, the truth of God, the son of God, if you invite, oh, you don't want to be offensive, the devil's like, that's right, stay quiet. Stay quiet. Where are the Shadrach and the Meshach and the Abednego's? Where are they? Where will they be? I hope they're right here. I hope we as a church can be Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego. And when everybody bows, we go, no, thank you. Well, how about the fiery furnace? You do what you got to do. I love that attitude. You, hey, but you, you do what you got to do. If you need to throw me in, throw me in. But I refuse to bow down. That's where we need to stand. That's where we need to be. So eternity is now. You don't have to work. You don't have to work. Isn't that good? The burden. Some of you even think, oh, how am I going to get eternal life? How am I going to get eternal life? How am I going to get eternal life? Some of you, like, you, you got bills, and sometimes your bills are like, how am I going to pay this? How am I going to pay this? What if I said, just give them to somebody else? Let them worry about it. That sounds good to me. Give them, you, you got a billionaire. Just hand him your bills. He's got it. Right? Just hand him your bills. Right? Eternal life, that's not on you. That's on him. He's got it. You, you're paid for. And now you get to walk in that freedom, the burden of that. Right? So Jesus didn't die so that we would stress out about eternal life. He died to set us free from the burden of it. So you have eternal life. So walk in what? Joy. And when you walk in joy and the world knows you shouldn't be joyful, but you are, now all of a sudden I'm asking questions to you. See, if the joy comes out of you, all of a sudden now, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not having to witness. People are asking me because I've got joy in the midst of my circumstances. Why? Because I've got Christ. Amen. You don't have to worry. It's guaranteed. Right? Amen. Isn't that good news? Let's talk about 1 John 5, 13 through 15. Now for today. Here we go. 13 through 15. 1 John chapter 5. I write these things to you who believe in the name of of the Son of God. So again, this is his audience. He's telling you that you may know that you have eternal life. He wants you to know. See, some people even here today right now said, well, I mean, I think 
He wants you to know that you may know that you have eternal life. And this is the confidence that we have toward him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Now, so verse 13, he's talking about those of you who believe that you may know that you have eternal life. That's a good question to ask people sometimes. How certain are you of eternal life? Scale of one to 10. Some people be like, uh, four, I'm hoping seven. I mean, I'm a pretty good person. I quit this thing years ago. I give it a 7.8. Are you kidding me? The answer has to be 15. One out of 10. How confident are you that Jesus is gonna get you to heaven? I'm confident. I have testimonies. I have the water, I have the spirit, I have the, right? I have the blood. I'm confident, not myself. I'm not confident in myself. Who in here is confident in yourself? Stop. I have confidence in myself. Stop. Your confidence is in him because you know him. And because you know him, you're guaranteed a seat at the table. Amen to that. Verse 14, this is the confidence that we have towards him. That if we, and then he turns, he switches to prayer right here. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know See, if we know we have eternal life, verse 15, and if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know we have the request that we have asked of him. How many times have we prayed and said, man, I hope that's going to work out. I don't know. I hope that's going to work out. You can have confidence that it's going to work out. How? Because he knows you. You know him. He's going to do what's best. He's going to do what's best. Let's talk about this. So those who believe, anybody in the room have a birthmark? Right? Birthmark people? Right? Some of you are like, I don't want to say. That's embarrassing. You might want to see it later. And that's weird. I've got something on me and I don't know. My parents told me it's a birthmark. Can I tell you, those of you that have been born again, you have a birthmark. Those of you that have been born of God through the Spirit of God, by the blood of Jesus, you have birthmarks. Here's one. Everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. What's a birthmark? You practice righteousness. That's a birthmark for a believer. You practice righteousness. And I'll just say this, and it's not a chore. How about this one? He cannot keep on sinning because he's been born of God. Some of you just kind of like, hey, you know, I'm going to heaven. I'm good. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. I can sin. You're not born of God. You cannot keep on sinning and be born of God. You understand that? Because here's the thing, and to me, a real evidence, here's a real evidence, if you've been born again, does the Holy Spirit convict you? Does the Holy Spirit convict you? Are there times you're like, I shouldn't be doing this. Exactly, that's the Holy Spirit. You better turn that off. Ooh, that, what? This is, ooh, this is not right. See, that's a good evidence that you're born again. Something gnaws at you saying, stop. Some of you never hear stop. All you hear is go. You might want to check it. Because sometimes we have to tell our kids no. Can I get an amen? Sometimes you got to tell your kids no. Yeah, but they're good kids. No, sometimes you still tell your kids no. You have to tell your kids. Kids, listen to me. They all look good up here. Sometimes mom and dad's just going to say no. And it's because they love you. And I know you're like, that's what they say. But I don't believe it. No, they do. And they have to tell you no. They can't say yes to everything. That would make them terrible parents. Right? So they have to say no. God tells us no sometimes. 
God says, no. Hey, I want to do this. No. That's a real sign. When you have that thing going on inside of you that says stop, that's a sign. How about this? We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Yeah, but I'm having a hard time loving people. Are you born again? That's the question. Because can I tell you real quick? If you're trying to love people from yourself, that runs out real quick. Because I'm going to get on your nerves. Me, me personally. I'm going to get on your nerves. You're going to need the Holy Spirit of God to love me. You're going to need Jesus to love me. It's going to take supernatural power for you to love me because I'm going to get on your nerves. I'm going to do something. I'm going to upset you. I'm going to bother you. I'm going to get, I'm just going to get, I'm just going to, mm, and you're going to be like, right? Right? Some of you, you need to lean into God to love your spouse, especially loving your kids. Come on, parents, talk to me now, right? You need the Holy Spirit of God. You have to love them through God, right? You got to receive that from above and deliver it, right? We love them. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. Hey, listen, it's a birthmark. We're overcomers. We're overcomers. Are we overcomers or not? Christians come on now you might not agree with this we can be the whiniest most complaining laziest oh I'm just carrying my cross for the Lord just bearing my burden God's going to get me through though I know he will (laughs) stop just stop be anxious for nothing but by all prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Walk in thanksgiving. Walk in thanksgiving. And some of them, well, I don't have much going for me. Well, then you forgot, number one, heaven. You forgot the blood. You forgot the resurrection. You forgot you've got power inside of you. You got to focus on the haves, not the have-nots. Well, my job's not going well. Well, where, where, where? None of us like what we do sometimes. But we got Jesus. Right? We got Jesus. Teachers giving us homework on a weekend. Oh! Don't they know I got stuff to do? I got sleepovers. I got horses to feed. Right? I got stuff. I ain't got time for this. Some of you are like, why am I getting brushed over ever, every promotion? I, and this person, this person, I just, I just don't understand. Stop. Just stop. How about the joy of the Lord is my strength? And I'm going to focus on the haves, not the have-nots. Right? Because if you're thinking, boy, I wish I had more, just hold on. Stop complaining. Heaven, you'll have everything you can imagine. Heaven will have everything you imagine. I was just telling somebody this week we were talking about, we're talking about heaven this week. Right? We're talking about hanging out in heaven. And there's going to be no part of heaven, we've, we've talked about this, that you're going to be like, oh, man. My gosh, there's just nothing to watch up here. I don't understand why my, my streaming stuff's gone. I mean... What am I supposed to do up here? I'm boring, boring. There's no Netflix in heaven. Oh, my Lord. What am I? You're not going to have that. Right? You're not going to have that. Where's the parks, man? I was hoping there'd be parks. There's not one job. You think God would make a world and then make you dissatisfied in heaven? There's going to be stuff you haven't even imagined yet. And guess what? We'll be busy for how long? Forever. The, the, The Son of God. There'll be no sun There'll be no heat. There'll be no cold. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Jesus. No more shoveling driveways, right? A perfect body. Can I get an amen? Man, no sickness, no stiffness, no congestion, no head colds, no chest colds, no achy, cranky bodies, right? You know, creaking bodies. It's just heaven. I don't know about you. I'm kind of excited about it. Amen. Because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. We're overcomers. So here's the thing. Say, we, we got to understand. He wants you to have confidence. We know. Do you know? Do you know him? Do you know? Do, do you know you're born again? Because if you know you're born again, you're good. I belong to God. I'm a child of God. I'm born again. I have confidence in the fact, not in who I am. I don't have any confidence in what I do. I don't have any confidence in my words, my actions. All my confidence is in him. So on my good days, I'm confident. On my bad days, I'm confident. What? In him. I put my life in him. Everything is in him. He gives me what he thinks I need, and I'm confident. I'm confident in what? I've got eternal life. What, what else, right? What else? I'm also confident that if we ask according to his will, that he hears us. That's an important phrase, according to his will. We're going to look into that. If we ask according to his will, he hears us. I also am confident that we have the requests that we've asked for. This is important stuff. We can have confidence. So let's talk about it because he turns it right there that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. I think we, we, we kind of jump through that phrase right there. We ask. We ask. You ever thought about this? We have not because we ask not. We have not because we ask not. So many times, well, God knows. God knows what I need. Ask him. Ask him. Well, some people say, well, I don't want to waste my time with prayer because God's super busy. Really? You ever had kids, right? You want kids to just kind of figure stuff out on their own? You want them to ask. I can't tell you how many times in our home we've said, why didn't you just ask? Why did you, if you had just asked, instead of you breaking things, you would have known whatever, right? Can I tell you a beautiful thing for us as believers? I get to ask. You ought to ask. You ought to ask. Pray about everything. Pray about everything. He says right there, if we ask anything, he uses the word anything, right? That if we ask anything, so what are you asking God for? Ask him. Ask him. What do you want God to do? Ask him. Ask him. But now this is important. According to his will. Watch this. But watch this. Here's how the devil wants you to live. I'm too busy to pray. I just got a lot on my plate, Pastor. You'll understand. I don't have time to just, you know, I pray. Hey, listen, I'm lucky to pray before we eat because the last thing I want to do is choke on food. But I've just got a lot of my, Pastor, you understand, I'm busy doing the Lord's work. Can I tell you, prayer is the Lord's work. Prayer is the Lord's work. How many times we're reading through the New Testament? If you're not reading through it with us, you got to get a Bible today. It's beautiful. We're wrapping up Matthew, right? How many times has Jesus just said he went alone to pray? If Jesus had to pray, what do you think about us? You think you need to pray more? I promise you, you do. I do. We need to pray more. But the devil wants you to live too busy to pray. But when you're too busy to pray, what do you have? You have no power. No spiritual power. It's an earthly work, but it's not a kingdom work. You're busy, right? You're busy, but you're not effective. Because can I say something? Watch this. When you work, you work. When you pray, God works. When you work, you work. When you pray, 
God works. And can I tell you, God can do more than you. I know some of you think you're all that, but God's actually bigger and better and smarter and brighter than you. He's stronger. He's brighter. He's more able. Well, I just don't know what I'm supposed to do about that. Why don't you stop with your list and just pray? Well, but I need a decision right now. Maybe not. Maybe that's the answer is to wait, to hold steady. If you don't know what to do, can I tell you, can I give you just real quick? If you're not sure what to do, hold. When you do know what to do, run. You're either waiting or you're running. No casual, no strolling, no strolling. No skipping, no, no, just, no meandering, right? I'm just kind of doing, no, just, if you don't know, if you're not sure what God's will is, hold. Just hold. And then wait, watch this, wait, wait, wait for it, wait for it. How many times, I keep talking, the kids are up here, remind me. How many times we got to wait, just wait, 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 and go, right? I'm thinking about Christmas, rip it into presents, right? Got to wait, got to wait on the Lord. Got to wait on him. And then watch this. Here's people who should pray. See if you fall into these categories. Only people who are in trouble or who needs God's gifts are people who need forgiveness are people who want God's will. Only people who want a pure heart are people who need wisdom are people who are trying to persevere. Only those people should pray. I think that's all of us. Look at your neighbor real quick and say, you should pray more. You should pray more. You should pray more. I should pray more. Look back to the same person and say, yeah, you too, right? We all need to pray more. We need to pray more. We need to be people of prayer. People of prayer. Now let's look at this phrase real quick. According to his will. This is so important. We can't just gloss over this. Verse 14, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So that's an important question because what we've got to do is find out what His will is. His will is. We've got to know what His will is. It's not what you want, it's what He wants. You have to learn to pray what He wants. Yeah, but how, I don't understand, I'm supposed to ask what I want. No, no. What you have to do is to get your heart lined up with His so that His heart is in you so that you're praying what He wants because what He wants becomes inside of you and then what He wants is what you want. See, the problem is you have to change what you want. You have to start changing what you want because we are selfish by nature. We pray prayers that benefit us. We, think, we ask God for things that will benefit us. And what God is looking for is this. He's looking for you to mold your heart to, to, to be in line with his so that what you want is actually what he wants. Because when you start praying now what he wants, he's like, I got you. I, I, I'll give you that. So now everything I'm asking for, God's given me. Why? Because it's actually what he wants. Does he not want to give you what he wants? Of course he does. But that's the whole thing, though. What we've got to do, and this is the lifelong process of getting my heart palatable and softened where he can put his nature. He's already inside of me. Everybody following that? Christ is in me, the hope of glory. The Holy Spirit's in me. So what I have to do is allow God to work inside of me so that my heart lines up with his. So therefore, my prayer requests are not selfish. They're not self-centered. They're not earthly-minded. They're kingdom-minded. They're God-centered. They're Christ-exalted. Those are the prayers that I'm praying. Following that? And see what God does. Watch this. So here is, let's talk about the different types of wills of God real quick. 
without getting too boring or complicated for you. There is the decreed will of God. That just simply means his ways and his purposes are higher. He is working when you cannot see it. Can I get an amen? He is doing things that you don't understand. You sometimes go, why did God do that? You're not going to understand. You don't know. And can I tell you, most of the time, the decreed will of God is hidden. What that means is simply this. Everything that happens, God knows. And God has willed it to be so inside of his decreed will. Does that make sense? He understands that we live in a fallen world. Nothing ever happens in your life or in the world that God goes, Oh man, I didn't realize they were going to do that. That snuck up on me, that one did. God never falls off the throne. God never says, oops. Oh man, Whew. I didn't realize Justice King was going to do that. I didn't realize that one snuck up on there. Raul, I didn't realize Raul was going to be like that when I, I thought he was going to be this way, but now he's this way. I don't know, that's going to it's kind of throw me a curveball. Let me see if I can adjust. God doesn't adjust. His will is happening. Everything that happens filters through him. Now, the problem is we have a hard time with that sometimes because that means he's allowing. But let me finish, okay? So then we have the preceptive will of God. The perceptive will of God is the Bible in your hands. It's what he's, it's his precepts, it's his commands. Now, he gives you the choice to follow them or not. But that's his preceptive will. His will inside the, the Ten Commandments, the different laws and regulations that he's lined out in his word, that's his preceptive will. That's what he wants us to do. But see, watch this. Then we've got the desired will of God, what God desires to see. The problem with the desired will of God is that we play into that. Does God want everyone saved? Of course he does. The problem is we're not talking. Does God want to give us joy? Of course. What's the problem? We're focused on ourselves. See, what God desires sometimes can't come to be because of us. We get in the way of God's desired will. And, and then people say, well, couldn't God just make us do it? What kind of love is that? What kind of love, husbands? Woman, you will come home to me at 5 o'clock. And you will be happy about it. And I'm going to put an ankle bracelet on you. And it's going to start shocking at 501. You come home. You be here, because I love you. Right? Right? A lot of men are like, hmm. Right? Well, that's, that's not love. People, I, I get asked the question all, all the time. Why wouldn't God just make us obedient? What kind of love is that? If, see, the, 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 whole, the whole catch here with all of it is free will. He gave us free will. And in my mind, it's a mistake. Oh, he should have just made us. Because Adam and Eve are reaching for the apple, and it should have shocked them. It's not an apple, by the way. I don't know why I said apple. The fruit, the forbidden fruit. Right? Why didn't he just like, stop? He gave them the choice. Love chooses. You understand? Love chooses. You choose to love God. God is looking for a people who will be so enamored with his love for them, they will just love him back. 
You're so in awe? God, you did what for me? You did what? Oh, I'll love you for the rest of my life. And I don't need anything else. You are enough, Jesus. I don't need any blessings. I don't need any toys. I don't need cars. I don't need a job. God, put me on the street in a box. I just want you. And that's enough. And I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Can I tell you right here, right now, all this is burning up. It's all gone. You're not taking anything with you, by the way. For some of you that are holding on so tight, you're holding on so tight, you're holding on so tight to your stuff and your people and your things, and I got to hold on tight. This is my security. God's like, I'm taking that one day. And what you did for the kingdom of God is the only thing that I'm at. What won't burn up is you and Jesus and the depth of your love and the depth of your relationship and how many people you told about. That, that, you know what we ought to be concerned about? You know what we ought to take with us? We ought to take souls with us. We, we, we ought to be busy about seeing how many people we can tell about Jesus. Say, yep, yep, that guy right there, that's the one I told about Jesus and he said yes and we're coming in together. And that one right there, bringing all that, bringing all that. You, 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 everybody following that? That, that that's, what, that's what matters most of all. See, God wants our will to conform to his. We read it this week. Not my will, but yours be done. I mean, if Jesus said it, shouldn't we? You're praying, you want this, you want this, you want this, you want this. How about God? Whatever you want, I'm good with. I just want you. Jesus, all I want is you. That's all I want, Jesus, you. And God, whatever you want to give me on top of you, I'm good with that. And if it's nothing, I'm good with that too. God, if you want me to be this way forever, if you want me to be at this job forever, if you want me to be single forever, marry, you know, whatever, God, whatever you have for me, God, I just want you. God, I'm not interested in positions. I'm not interested in power. I'm not interested in finances. I'm not interested in a big house, a bunch of cars. I'm not interested in being popular. I just want you. 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 But see, we have a, come on, if we're honest, we have a list of expectations. Right? Parents, can I just say this real quick? Your kids, we've talked about this on Wednesday night. They will do what you do, not what you say. If you live a life saying, well, we've got to get this, 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 we've got to get this. You know what they'll be when they're adults? Got to get this, 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 got to get this. You know what I remember most of all about my parents? who are no longer with me, they're in heaven. I, I don't remember the stuff they bought me. I don't remember any of that. But I do, will never forget my mother at her bed saying my name to God. I remember that. I, I remember watching her serve the Lord. I remember that. That nothing else mattered but God. I remember that. I, I couldn't tell you much else you know, and they didn't leave me much, and I, I didn't want it. You, everybody following that? So we, we got to be living for what? Just Christ alone. Your will, not mine. God, put your will, your desires in my heart. Because can I tell you, this is prayer right here. Prayer is changing your opinions, your desires, your requests to his opinions. His desires, his requests. What does God want? 
from you. He just wants what he wants. He wants to put his heart. Can, can you hear that this morning? God wants to put his heart, his devotion, his love in you. And then, so, so can I tell you, all of a sudden you're praying and you're asking, but you're saying, God, whatever you want. God, just bring glory to yourself. God, just do your thing. God, just show off. God, do what you want to do. God, I trust you. God, I, you, you understand your prayers are not, and see, we, we've got this Santa Claus mentality. I'm supposed to sit down and just sit down on big, you know, Santa Claus' lap, tell him all my things I want. Yada, 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 yada. Our vending machine. I'll have a B7 and a C5 because, yeah, that sounds like what I want. That looks good to me right now, what I'm looking at. And so we come to God with all these. It's just crazy. And what prayer is, prayer is me coming to God saying, change me, God. Change me, God. God, put your desires in my heart. God, this is what I want. But, God, what I want more than what I want is what you want. God, I'm asking for this. And God, so I'm trusting you with this. But God, whatever you want, above all else, God, what you want more than anything else, God, I trust you with this. So God, put your heart in me. Conform my will to your wills. God, mold me, shape me, bend me, tear me. Whatever you got to do in me, God, do it. Make me like Jesus. That's prayer. That's prayer. And so you go to the mat and you go to war with yourself and you ask God to make you like Jesus. This is what we're talking about. And then all of a sudden you're asking things according to his will. His will. His will. His will. And he says whatever you ask according to his will, he's going to give it. He's going to give it. Now let's talk about this. Two more verses because I, I wanted to split that up. Watch this though. Verses 16 and 17. Real quick. If anyone sees his brother committing a sin not leading to death. He shall ask, and God will give him life. Now, I want to pause right there and say this. If anyone sees his brother committing a sin, not leading to death, let's put that phrase, not leading to death, over here just for a minute. If anyone sees his brother committing to sin, he shall ask, and God will give him life. We are real quick to go to people who are living in sin and say, hey, FYI, you're living in sin, but we never prayed. Before you confront me with my sin, have you prayed first? You following that? He will pray. You've got to make sure. Because should we hold each other accountable? Yes, without a doubt. We should hold each other accountable. If you see me in sin, you should come to me. When I see you in sin, I should come to you. But I've got to talk to God about the situation first. Cover it in prayer before you confront. You following that? Because what happens is your heart might not be right about the reason. So I'm coming to Brother Gary saying, hey, listen. I saw this. I see this in you. Hey, I, this is not what God wants. Then all of a sudden, if I'm not careful, if I haven't prayed, I'm doing it for a selfish reason. How many times have you saw somebody doing something and said, Psh, you, you start getting judgmental? Oh, Mark Taylor. Unbelievable. Somebody should really talk to him about the way he's living right now. You know who should do it? It should be me. Because I'm holy and wonderful. And I am more like Jesus than Mark Taylor will ever be. And it is my responsibility to tell Mark Taylor the errors of life. Who will tell him unless it's me? It must be me. I love him and he is awful and I will tell him. <laughs> Mark, in love, I just want you to know you're a terrible Christian in love I mean no disrespect by this but 
What is wrong with you? How dare you? How dare you? And so all of a sudden now, and Mark's like, what? What? Because I've made it about me. My heart, now we laugh, but you know what I'm talking about? Can I tell you, you better fall on your face before Mark Taylor, before you speak a word. Are you hearing that? You got to fall on your face and say, dear God, help me. God, help me. Am I supposed to be the one? Is it me, God? Is it someone, God, I just, God, I, I pray for my brother. I pray for my heart, God. Lord, if you want to use me, God. Lord, I'm not better than anybody. God, I'm, I'm, hey, can I tell you? You might think Mark Taylor needs help. You need a lot more help than he does. We, we need to see ourselves a lot lower instead of a lot higher. You following that? And so it's from a low place. It's from a low place. And then guess what? Now I talk to Mark out of love and compassion because I care about him and because I just want to see him get to God's best. But I know we're living in a day where people say, you can't talk to Mark Taylor about nothing. That's his business. But that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible says if you see me, right, in sin, you should come talk to me. Right? Don't let me drive off a cliff, please. Am I right? Am I right? If we see each other, if there's a sign out that says there's no bridge, and hmm, he's going towards the no bridge. Well, you be you, brother. You just be you. God bless you now. Oh, right? What are we doing? You know, the Lord never gave me the opportunity to talk to him. You saw him driving towards the bridge out. You know, he's going off the cliff. Why didn't anybody tell me? Right? Right? So we, we've got to be, this is very serious. But you know, we're real quick, right? We, we, come on, it's in our nature to want to line people up. It's what our nature, it's in our nature to go, Don Edelman, why, why would you act like that? What's wrong with you? Well, I can't believe you. I just can't believe you. Ricky, what? Come on, Ricky. You know that's not how we do things. What, what's wrong with you? That, that's not why. And, we, and we're real quick to measure, to weigh, to line up. And that's got to be, we've got to make sure our hearts have to be pure. He shall ask and God will give him life. To those, let's keep going, who commit sins that do not lead to death, okay? There is a sin that leads to death. I do not say that one should pray for that. All wrongdoing is sin. But there is sin that does not lead to death. Now that phrase that leads to death, that's in there quite a few times, and I want to talk about that. I'm missing, there you go, right, right there. There's a sin that leads to death. So first of all, we've got to define a couple things. What's sin? Sin is simply missing the mark, right? It's not, right, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It literally means, sin means you're aiming and you missed it. And can I tell you, mankind didn't just miss the middle, we missed the whole target. Mankind, there's the center and boom, there goes the arrow. Well, we should be back here. Yes, so that's why we desperately need Jesus. Jesus gets us back for the wages of sin of missing the mark is what? Death, but the gift of God. So you miss the target enough times, you just hand that arrow off to Jesus, hand that bow off to Jesus. 
and you just say, do it for me. And he's like, I got you. You put your faith and your confidence in him, right? There is a sin, so we got to know about death. When the Bible talks about death, it talks about two different kinds of death. Death, number one, is a physical, I stopped breathing, I have physically died, but more than not, the Bible talks about death as in a separation from God. For the wages of sin, we just said, is what? Death. What does that mean? That means separation from God. You mean I'm going to die? Mm, means you're going to die forever. Separate. The worst part of hell is the separation from God. We don't really even know what that looks like. Because God sustains us even though we don't deserve it. We are being held together by the grace of God. But the universe is held together by the grace of God. But what's going to happen is those that, that do not choose, that reject the Son, they will be separated from God for how long? Forever. Forever. Death. Forever. Death. So what's this now? So I, I want to talk about this real quick. See if you can follow me here just for a second. This idea of a sin that leads to death. Because I see we, the people I studied can't agree if it's for the sin that leads to death for the Christian or the sin that leads to death for the non-Christian. Because it can roll either way. But let's talk about this. The sin that needs, leads to death. For, let's call it for the believer here for just a minute. Okay? So in the physical world, in the physical world, the idea that there is a sin that leads to death. It will lead to a physical death. Some people believe that the sin that leads to death, John's talking about here, is that the fact that God will not be mocked. So let's think about it like this. I heard it like this and I think it makes sense to me. See if this makes sense. So you're outside playing as a child. Your parents see you running in the street. They holler out to you, hey, don't play in the street. It's dangerous. And you say, got it. And you come back to the yard. Your mom looks out a second time and there you are in the street with cars running around. Now your mother's already told you to come inside, but you have disregarded her instructions and now you're back playing in the street. And your mom says, hey, 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 get out of the street. I've asked you as your parent to come out of the street I'm asking you to get out of the street. And you acknowledge the parent by saying, yes, I will get out of the street. And then five minutes later, mom turns around, turns her back. She looks back out the window. You are back to playing in the street again. And mom says, come inside. Just come, in, just come inside. Just come inside. So, are, are, so I'm telling you that the Bible even talks about in 1 Corinthians that people went to sleep because they mocked the Lord's table. They ate communion. They took the Lord's Supper in a way that they should not have. And the Bible says they went to sleep. That doesn't mean they took a nap. That means they died. God will not be mocked. So there are some situations that God says, just come inside. Just come inside. Now, I don't, we don't wish that in anyone. I don't know how all that works, but I'm telling you that's the way it works sometimes. There is also a spiritual sin that leads to death. The spiritual sin that leads to death, when he talks about the sin, you've heard talked about the unpardonable sin. What is that? That is the rejection and the refusal 
To believe in Jesus as the Son of God and place faith in Him. That's a sin that will lead to death. If you reject Jesus, you refuse Jesus, if you don't put your faith in Jesus, you will die. Can everybody hear that? You will die. Well, but, but, then, but then it'll all be good. See, some people believe, you know, we might die a physical death, but we're all going to get to heaven one day because it's just all be going to be good and we're all going to get along. That's not. That's a lie. Or people that go to heaven get to hang out with Jesus and everybody who doesn't get to hang out someplace not super cool, you know, Edinburgh. I don't know. So my options are heaven or Edinburgh. That's what I get. No, it's heaven or separation from God. With God or without God. With him or what, you following? Both are eternal. One is life, one is death. That's important for us to know, as heavy as that is. There is a sin that leads to that death. And that sin is the rejection and the refusal of Jesus as the Son of God. And people who reject him will die. They'll die physically, but then they'll also be eternally dead. You can't come back from that. You're dead forever. And so it's important. But there is sin that we can come back from. And that's what John's telling them right there. If you got a if you got someone who's living in sin, pray for them, pull them out, talk to them about it. There is sin that leads to death. All wrongdoing, verse 17, is sin. But there is sin that does not lead to death. So I'll wrap it up with this. Three things real quick. What's your confidence level? How, how are you in your confidence level? Are you confident? Are you confident in him? Are you trying to be confident in yourself? Because that's not going to work. Confident in him, confident in you. How's your prayer life? Are you praying his will? Are you praying your will? And then finally, real simple, how's your sin? It's killing you. Can you hear that? What, what, it's choking you. Your, your sin that you think it's okay, it's not hurting anybody. It is. It's choking you. It's killing out your testimony. It's killing out your witness. It's choking out the, the life that's inside of you. Sin is killing us. And so that's the question for all of us today. Your confidence, is it in him or you? Prayer life. How's your prayer life? Let's bow our heads, close your eyes just for a moment here. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. Faith Community Church is located at 6801 South East Street, Indianapolis, Indiana, 46227. We are on the south side of Indy on the corner of US 31 and Southport Road. For more information about our church, please go to www.fccindianapolis.com. We worship Sunday mornings, 10 a.m., Sunday nights at 6 p.m. and midweek services as well. We have activities and studies for all ages. We have something for your entire family. Come be a part of our family. We would love to see you sometime. Have a blessed day and always remember that Jesus changes everything.